Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Jesse Meekum. Jesse, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Jesse is the founder of YNAB, You Need a Budget. It's the number one personal budgeting app. He's a best-selling author, and he is a father. I'm excited to have you on. Jesse, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So, uh, yeah, I'm a father of seven, uh, not all at once. They came all separately, but uh, <laughs> we did We did just have the seventh recently, so it's top of mind. Uh, so I spent a good bit of time trying to figure out how to not mess those little people up. And, and then uh, also I've spent a whole lot of my time uh, trying to convince people not to mess their money up. Um, and so I started it back when I was in college, and uh, my wife and I were newly married and uh, broke, which is totally appropriate if you're in college and newly married, that's fine. But we just, we kind of got the budgeting thing dialed in and I had this audacious idea that people would want to buy this little spreadsheet that I built. So we, we rolled out the, like, just a spreadsheet, no apps, no, there weren't any apps or you know fancy phones or things like that at the time. But um, yeah, we started selling this little spreadsheet and it made just enough to convince me to pay someone to build you know, real software for us. So we, uh, we teach people all over the world, uh, four simple rules to break the paycheck to paycheck cycle and get out of debt, save more money. And then we make money by having them decide that they, they think the software is pretty good. They'd like to give it a shot. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Um, and I'm happy to dive in wherever you want to go. Nice. Love it. <clears throat> so you are, you, you, you have an accounting background. You you are an accountant. You have a good relationship with 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 numbers. Yeah, I'm a recovering CPA. I like to mm. say I, I lasted about ten months as a real CPA. Um, loved the education, and then when I got into the actual work, just uh, it was not for me. But I had this kind of side gig with uh, you know with Wineab over here, and so we we jumped over and started doing that full time. So I do I do appreciate the numbers, but man, the one thing I've learned over the last sixteen years is it's really just, it's all behavior. It's just all behavior all the time. Yeah, I guess that that's one of the, the, the things I really wanted to ask you about is is what are some of those, I mean, obviously, you, you said, okay, this, this spreadsheet that I have, this is working for us. I really think that it'll work for other people. But it, it, it really, it's, it's not the spreadsheet, right? It really is the behaviors, and is it, is it how you're presenting and framing it that's, that's, that's helping to actually close the behavior gap? I think that's actually well put. Yeah, the, you know, when I first started selling the spreadsheet, it was about the numbers. I remember, I mean, this was a long time ago, but, and I didn't know anything about anything, but I just started kind of explaining the spreadsheet. Here's what this shows, and here's what this shows, and here's what this shows. And it wasn't really selling much at all. Um, and I don't share this story a ton, but um, about six months in, I was actually thinking I might just throw in the towel like this isn't worth my time we're making very little I'm going to become a big high-powered CPA at some point you know I, mm. that was all in the in the works so um, I decided I would rewrite all of our, our marketing copy on our you know on our website and I realized that the spreadsheet was really enforcing four rules and that was why I had seen success with it, success with it so I 
I just started talking about the rules. Like, here's these four rules. Just do these. And you can use a spreadsheet. You can use a legal pad, whatever, you know, your old checkbook register. If you still have those, you can use whatever you want. But follow these rules. Think about your money differently. And you'll see, you know, you'll see magic happen. And that is when we saw the magic happen on the business side where people started really seeing the effect and uh, it started resonating and, and it took off, you know. Nice. Uh, so it is. It's that method. It's that framework, like you said. So you've been doing this for, for 16 years. Do you ever get sick about sick of talking about budgets? Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> no. I actually, just yesterday I was talking with someone, and I, it's hilarious. I really don't. It, it's like I'm having a new conversation every time because the recipient, maybe that's how, you know, these great school teachers, maybe that's how they feel where mm-hmm. they, they get this new batch of kids, and it's, it's new for them. You think, oh, you're teaching the same curriculum every year, but you're seeing it affect new people. And so I, uh, I sometimes like to delve into like small business and budgeting because that's kind of a newer space where I have to think harder about slightly different problems. But the core of it is we just got to get people um, a little more intentional and a little more aware about their money. And I really don't get tired talking about that. Yeah, you know? no, I, I certainly appreciate that. So 16 years, um, it was before, well, certainly the internet was around, but it wasn't n- nearly where it is today. There was not a lot of mobile use. Apps were not a thing. Um, <clears throat> how, and, and it was, it was, it was pre social media too, yep. yet yep. all these, these, these problems of, of Americans and probably people and money have, have been around probably forever. Yeah. Uh, has, has that been your experience like right, right from the get go is, is, is it getting worse with social media are, 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 are the, are the Kardashians proliferating this problem? Oh yeah, that's a good idea. You know, it's probably more, uh, just the community you live in, but we, we do see that there's a jonesing, you know, uh, mentality that's strong. I mean, I'm, I'm susceptible to it. You are, you can be aware of it and still, you know, fall prey to it. So there's definitely that aspect of it. I don't know where it happened exactly in history, but when, um, I, I honestly, sometimes I frame it as, as us versus the banks, you know, um, in the sense that they make, they make money on every little swipe of a card. And, and I'm not like anti-credit card or never use a card or only use cash. No way that ship sailed, but you just have to recognize that the incentives and where they're aligned. And so Somewhere along the way, the incentives uh, got so misaligned that you have a customer of a bank and, a, and the bank wanting to do completely different things. And that, that could go way back to you know, the advent of a credit card, perhaps. But the, the core of it is people now have this, we're allowed to just walk right past running out of money. I mean, we just mm. we blow past it. And I think we've lost a lot of tenacity a lot of creativity, a lot of drive, because our mind doesn't after have, ever have to find a different solution to the problem of running out of money. So a lot of my job is really trying to have people budget in a way where we introduce scarcity into their system, and it's something that they've ignored and just walked past for years with you know little swipes of credit cards over time. And when you get people to that spot where they run out of money, and they're like, well, I only have 300 bucks. You're like, well, what does that money need to do before you're paid again? And they're like, well, no, I'll get paid in a week. And you're like, stop talking about what's coming up. Think about right now, right now, what do you have to do? You know, and you get them to just prioritize those dollars. And then when new money comes in, they do the same thing again. But they're comfortable with suddenly like, oh, I have no money. 
And so what are these trade-offs that I'm supposed to make? You get people starting to make trade-offs. If you do this, you won't be able to do that. And suddenly their priorities just come right to the top. Their values show. Their money's lined up with what their priorities really are. And they actually feel in control. Even though they haven't made any more money, they uh, still only have the 300 bucks sitting in their checking account. I say that because that is the average that people carry. It's, it's crazy, but it is true. Um, and it ends up just being a, a thing where they've grabbed their money and they said, I'm in control now. And they feel good. And that's that. That's the feeling we try and get people to. Whether they're making three hundred thousand a year, thirty thousand a year, it's the same exercise and the same result. So I really feel like our job is just to get people comfortable with finite resources. And banks try and have you, and I say that in the most generalized way. They try and just have you uh, pretend that everything's totally fine, just as long as you keep swiping that card. They make a cut every time. Those in, those incentives are horribly misaligned for the consumer. No, there's no doubt. That was that was some some awesome stuff that you just shared there. Just walking right past uh, running out of money, scarcity yeah. is, is it's just not really a, a very real thing. It's 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 not a tangible thing. And helping people to 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 get back to that reality uh, of living in the present and not 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 a week and a half from now when 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 the paycheck comes, it's it's you need to make decisions and reprioritize. Um, so I think that that's, that's, that's excellent. Do you think that we're having this conversation on June 18th? Do you think that, that what's happening with, with COVID, um, is, is, is helping people to recognize that scarcity is real? Yes, I do. Yeah. You use that word helping cautiously, right? Because it doesn't, <laughs> nothing about this seems fun right. uh, or useful, but, um, I mean, we've seen, you know, the wall street journal just two days ago posted the savings rate of people uh, in the U.S. And I think we're at like 35%, you know, and this is where normally over the past decade, we've been mostly negative, a little bit of a recession pop where it went positive. But other than that, we've been mostly a negative savings rate. And now we're at 35%. I will say that that, that savings rate is boosted by people that have the ability to save. So you have to be careful that you aren't lumping everyone into the same socioeconomic group. It's not even close to that. You have people that are really struggling, but those that, that were, they realize that, Oh, I have an option. I don't have to spend my entire paycheck. I'm, you know, people making, you know, we'll call it good money, whatever that means in your mind. And, and so the, I think COVID has, this pandemic's kind of helped people, um, feel a little more fragile and that's probably a good thing. Then the quest becomes, how do I become anti-fragile, right? How do I, still in a phrase from Nassim Taleb, you know, how do you, how do you have your financial system get stronger when there are shocks to it and not just crumble to pieces? And I think budgeting is the first start. You've got to figure out where you want your money to go. Be really honest with yourself about what it's supposed to do. And then just be really aware of what it's doing. Make sure that it's all lined up. You, it feels good and that it's liberating. It removes your guilt. It's just, there's nothing better than just having a plan and working that plan, adjusting the plan as needed and uh, being proactive, you know, maybe for the first time in your life as it relates to money. Yeah, and that's the honesty piece. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you say really, be really honest, what what, what does that usually mean for people? Well, you know, there's, I had an interesting experience with my wife. We've been married about 10 years, and every year, not every year, every month, and I'm, I, I'm the budgeter in the family, you know, surprise. You know, she's kind of like, 
okay, give me the high level. Cool. You know, we got a lot of kids, things are busy and she's always not like, Hey, let's sit down and just, you know, go on about the budget for a while. Like that's just not going to be in her, in her day. So I would kind of do all the budgeting, reconcile everything and be like, okay, I mean, you know, this is a monthly deal. Sit down with me, look over these numbers cause we're a team and let's make sure that we're all square. And then I would also ask her sometimes like, Hey, what about, you know, groceries? Like she runs the grocery show. She's a phenomenal cook, like phenomenal cook. And she's very particular about, about the groceries. She does 95% of the shopping there. And, and so it's was kind of on her in my mind. I said, Hey, can we kind of cut here, cut here, cut here. And for years we would overspend in groceries for years, no matter what I put it at, it felt like we're always going over a little bit. And I would ask her, I'd say, well, what, what's the deal? You know? And she's like, oh, I'll try and do better. I'll try and do better. You know, and it actually got to a point where there was some friction there if I'd bring it up and I wasn't always looking forward to bringing it up and she certainly wasn't looking forward to me bringing it up one day. And this is go. This all goes back to that honesty question. One day she tells me, um, 10 years into this, basically a monthly conversation, at least she says, okay, um, for me, a successful grocery trip means my, you know, the kids don't go crazy and I'm out of there as fast as I can. Mm. And I was like, whoa, okay. Cause I had only been measuring, is this successful based on how little can we spend? And she was sitting there saying, if I'm out five minutes faster and I spent an extra, you know, whatever, win, you know, worth it. She was making a trade off with like she, her old school self when we were super poor, she'd price shop, everything price matched, knew the price of a can of corn, you know, globally, probably. I mean, the, she was like <laughs> this price hawk, you know, and I'm like, what happened to that woman? Where, where is she? But what happened was she, her priorities changed, you know, and they, they, they were allowed to and they had to. And then I was like, oh, man, we need more money in groceries so that she can just walk in and out and not have to wonder about, you know, should I get the this or that milk or the other one? You know, and that and it's a luxury, I guess, that we can do that. But it's also uh, tough to be schlepping around those kids in a grocery store. And she was just starting to measure her success completely differently. So we got to be honest with ourselves when we're saying, like, what do I want? You know? Um, people always will nitpick the coffee stuff. They're like, oh, well, yeah, I spent, I can't believe how much I spent on coffee. I'm like, well, hold on a second before you browbeat yourself. What do you, what are you looking for when you do that? Like, what do you want out of that? Like, be honest, because it might be something really good and maybe you shouldn't give it up as quickly as you think you should, you know, and read like a bunch of listicles online that tell you all the ways that, you know, coffee would make you a millionaire or something. <laughs> um, like, let's stop with that. Like, let's just be, be real. Like, I want more tools for my wood shop. I already have a lot. I still want more, you know, like just own up to it and save up for it, I guess as well. But uh, anyway, that was a ramble about honesty, but it's a story that stuck in my mind because we were just, we were on different wavelengths and she finally figured it out and was honest with me like, Hey, this is what I'm going for here. And, and then I, I knew she was right. And it was like instant compatibility on our goals, you know? Yeah, major progress in that way. I I appreciate that very much, and being able to 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 just go to that second, that third level about what's what's really going yeah. on here. Why why am I engaging in in this behavior that that intellectually doesn't make any sense? Why am I over my budget for for the grocery store by, you know, fifty bucks or a hundred bucks every single month? It's 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 yeah. amazing. But yeah. if you look at it like that, and you have an honest conversation with yourself, and then with your spouse, then it's completely understandable. Yeah. And I'm sure that 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 every single one of us listening 
uh, and has has something that we're probably guilty of or feeling guilty about rather feeling maybe ashamed about and if you could just have an honest conversation about it and get everything out on the table then you could probably work through it and probably be better for your relationship too yeah absolutely absolutely it's just about being really clear on on the why behind things like why do i want this why do i want that and you know every january julie and i have what we call the burn down where we just go through every bit of the budget and ask ourselves like the craziest of questions do we really need two cars? Do we really need a car? Do we really need to live here? Do we, you know, I mean, just everything, like yeah. no assumptions, no built in defaults, just question it all. And then you kind of rebuild, you burned it all down, you rebuild what you really want. And most of the time, things are pretty much the same. But, you know, we've had some great, great experiences where we just questioned it all. And I think if people can get there, just kind of burn down all your assumptions and say, well, what do I really want out of this? You know, and you find that. There's a lot more uh, wiggle room in what you thought was just a really tight ratcheted down budget. And then the budget is just that plan. It's just telling your money what to do. It's not about having less or spending less. I want to spend every dime I make, you know, at least, or at least give it away to good causes. But like, I want to, I, I want to use it all. You know, I don't want to just be like, oh, real, I'm really, really good at pinching every penny. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in figuring out what I truly love and then having my money fuel that as much as possible instead of just lying in the pocketbooks of some really savvy marketer that, you know, convinced me to swipe something that I shouldn't have. So it's just about that awareness. And it's really about what you want. We're really more about self-actualizing than we are about uh, money management at the end of the day. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy thing to realize, but people are really just discovering themselves when they start to chase the money a little bit. Amen. I think that that's really well said. And an excellent, that's a cool exercise. Just every year, burn down those assumptions. What are we really doing here? Should we, we should we be living here? Why, 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 why are we engaging in, in this behavior? And it could make perfect sense. Like, oh, everything yeah. we're doing is great. But you, but you might find some things that uh, you maybe tweak. So that's, that's awesome. Well, Jesse, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? You know, honestly, the thing I was thinking about this a little bit, um, and what I really want people to do is just get into the habit of a daily interaction with your money, not with spending, with what you have. And that can look very different for different people, whether it's just check your bank balance every morning, um, whether it's, you know, when you spend money, record it on a piece of paper, record it on your phone, but have a daily interaction with your money and see if that daily scorekeeping doesn't start to kind of prod you to do things a little differently. But don't don't start out doing something. Just check in with the money. See what ideas start to surface. But it's got to be daily. It's got to be frequent. you got to be building a new habit. And um, it can only really work when you're doing that in, in a high-frequency basis. So check in with your money on a daily basis, however that looks for you right now, and then see what your mind doesn't come up with to kind of move that needle forward. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, you can go to wineab.com slash interview. We set up a 34-day free trial of the software. But I would urge you, before you jump into the software, we run about 150 online workshops every month, or every week, sorry. And uh, there's one that will fit your schedule. It's 25 minutes, not 10 seconds is wasted. And uh, go in there and see how to think about your money differently 
and then how we implement that with a tool. But start there and uh, see if we can't kind of rewire a little bit. A little less guilt when you spend money, a little more joy. I think we could do right by your listeners. I love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jesse your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to ynabynab.com slash interview uh, and you get a free trial, but then also take advantage of of one of those uh, online workshops that they've got going on every week as well. Thank you again, Jesse. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.